So did you say we're good to go? Did he go back? I don't know. You just look at me and focus on me. Why do you want me looking at you? <laughs> <laughs> look into my eyes, Bill. Tell me what you really want to do. I, I'm ready to roll. All right. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Start to Continue. We are at number 27. I'm Joe. I'm here with my uh, lovely co-host for the night, Bill. Yep. I'm just, here. Just checking. You want to, do you have any idea what we're talking about tonight? Oh, okay. Yeah, it, uh, well, uh, Start to Continue is, uh, is what did you say, an open forum of uh, ideas and discussion where we... Uh, talk about just about anything well i said it a little more eloquently than that <laughs> we talk about stuff well we'll talk about we're going to talk about some collecting news and uh news around around the world and uh, uh some gaming news and and what you've been up to we're going to delve into no, joe man. tonight no, i'm out of this one tonight we're going to delve into joe and roll the intro quick <laughs> we don't have an intro <laughs> oh that's right we don't have music yet <laughs> Uh, so here we are back in the night again. It's the night. Middle of the night. Yeah. I'm tired, man. I want to start off. If you could let everyone know. You could read my mind. I want people to know about your lunch today. Why? I got to see. You know, well, why don't you tell everyone since I you're so with, fascinated by <laughs> I it. worked with you for a while and I've seen every kind of food come in in your lunch. From the highest quality imported uh, delicacies to what I saw tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Which was bottom of the barrel. It reminded me, you remember uh, Uncle Buck? Yeah. When uh, Uncle Buck packs them a lunch for Macaulay Culkin and yeah. he's there in school and he opens it up, it's like a, a wet cucumber in a bag <laughs> and a jar of something else. This, yes. is, this is what I saw from you today. Well, not that stuff, but... You brought actually a cucumber, <laughs> <laughs> not sliced up, you know, not prepared. Uh, well, a plain old half cucumber. of a half of a cucumber still in its plastic wrap. <laughs> and that's only because we had used it the night before because I made up a Greek salad. Okay, so yeah, but watching you in, in, at your desk carving it with a little plastic knife, it, it was nice. I got to, I got to enjoy that along with my four hot dogs. Oh, yeah, slow down. Let's oh, not sorry. miss anything here. As well, you pulled out um, hot dogs. Just little guys, all right? Four of them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the uh, those jumbos anymore, I think. Something mm. about them is too rubbery or, I don't know, the, the, <laughs> the consistency of them is, just reminds, it just turns me a little bit now. Uh, yeah, well, sometimes, yeah. They can have hard bits in them too. <laughs> I yeah, it's a little. Uh, so those are surprises. I imagine those were. Um, what do you call them? Red hots. That's what you had, eh? No, just the uh, Frank's all beef wiener things. All oh, beef. Okay, so you had those. You had a slice of cheese. Um, no, I had a, a small block of cheese. <laughs> you brought a whole block today. The slices are still in the fridge. And um, you didn't bring buns for your hot dogs. You brought uh, something else. Rye bread. 
rye bread. <laughs> Half of a loaf of rye bread. No, we didn't have any. Uh, our buns, we never they never last long. We usually end up throwing most of them out. Yeah, when you buy them, you got to throw them right in the freezer. Yeah. Oh, and then they, they, but then they turn crappy. Well, it was nothing like watching you prepare a hot dog on a hard piece of rye bread with ketchup. I thought that was great. Well, for the record, like you said, normally I do bring in better things, but it was because the, uh, the kids had their first swimming lessons tonight. So I was running around after picking them up from uh, over at the uh, home daycare and um, had to quickly get their dinner ready, feed them, get them dressed and uh, boot on over. So there was no, uh, there was no culinary cuisine tonight. Had to do my hobo lunch. So you got both kids in swimming now. Yep. First night tonight. Well, Ethan did it last year, right? But oh, uh, I don't remember you saying that. I don't tell you everything. I guess not. Barely anything. So this is like uh, water babies kind of business, right? Where the parent gets in the water. Oh, yeah. Participates. Yep. I don't see you doing that. I'll be doing it next week. When it's my turn. Because hmm. tonight the mother-in-law and, and the wife uh, took each kid themselves and, uh, yeah. What does, like, all everyone in the pool think when you stride up in your Speedo? I don't wear a Speedo. I wear my board shorts. No, you wear a Speedo. No, I wear board shorts. <laughs> I thought all Italian guys wear Speedos. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. You're not picking on me tonight. I'm not playing that game. Oh, geez. You're not biting on anything. Nope. You're full of uh, horseradish lunch. last Let's tell everybody so. what your lunch was like tonight, too. <laughs> I dined on um, some frozen food lasagna. Yep. Some leftovers from the babysitter. And uh, hot dogs. Hot dogs <laughs> as well. There you go. But I have actual buns. Which are less nutritious than my rye bread. How did you keep the rye bread from, like, not splitting? It's still you? split. Oh. I'm just not, uh, you know, I'm an adult, so I know how to keep my bread together. Ooh, jeez. Okay. Hmm. Um, well, are you feeling good, though? Did that satisfy you? No, I'm starving still, man. So what do you got for reserves? Some yogurt, some more cheese. <laughs> I got more bread. I should probably start laying off the bread because it's starting to give me a bit of a ponza here. Well, I don't know. You eat like a half a loaf of bread every shift. I know. It's it, not good for you. Yeah, it doesn't seem to affect you at all. Mm. I couldn't do that. I wish I could do that. Love bread. Um, what about you were telling me earlier you went shopping at your video game store in oh, was yeah. it Pickering? Well, it's, I was passing by, and I went in just to check it out. Uh, Which they don't even deserve a plug, right? No, fuck them. Scumbag store, man. The usual old nonsense of where it's a bricks-and-mortar store, if you can call it that. It's one of those hole-in-the-walls, but I'm sure they got overhead to cover, right? So I walk in just to check out, you know. I was looking for more boxed, complete games, and majority of their stuff is uh, 
I well, it's half and half, but they certainly have a massive selection of newer style games mm-hmm. for Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, three, four, and two or whatever, and um, which I have no interest in. Um, but their cartridge-based games for like the older Nintendo systems were, I thought, even I uh, just for even the loose games themselves, way marked up like a. I can't even remember that is what names of uh, the games I saw, but you know, just single cartridge games, and I'm pretty sure none of these were hard to find. You know, price starting like at around forty nine, sixty nine dollars. I saw one for ninety nine dollars, just the cartridge itself. Was there like any? And these are like in those uh, uh, rectangle style glass cases. You usually see. You know, in display stores, right? Mm-hmm. Like the two tier ones. So they'd have piles of just all their loose games stacked up. And I don't know if it was like multiple copies or whatever, but, you know, obviously they're trying to cover their overhead for the store. But uh, I'm pretty sure I could have gone on eBay and probably found most of those games at a cheaper price. Was there like any carts there for 3 to $5? No. So even the common stuff they had ramped right up. Common or le- non-popular ones, like uh, behind the counter on the shelf, or yeah, on, on the counter, there's a counter behind the counter, uh, and that had a whole stack of uh, 8-bit NES games. And like, for example, like uh, Fax Anadu or something was like $11, you know? Hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah, nothing like, you're not going to find like $5 or less games, I think. Probably so 10, how, 10 bucks an hour. How does that cover their overhead when they have things priced so high no one's buying? I don't know. Because they must be getting that for, they're probably, well, you know, if they're charging you 11 they probably paid at the most 5 for it. Oh, not even. Yeah. Right. And, that, and if they had bought, bought a lot of these like in uh Mind you, I don't really see lots very often for video games, cart, uh, but you know, I'm sure they're they're picking or buying lots or going to estate sales. Yeah, auctions. Uh, you know, auctions in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Does your brother shop there? Is that where he's getting stuff? No, he buys all his stuff off eBay. I think. Yeah, but you said the biggest thing that pissed you off about this place was the uh, out of bounds. Yeah, they've got. Um, Behind the counter, it's a pretty tall store for some reason. It's like a narrow rectangle style, but the ceiling goes fairly high up. So behind the counter, they've got out of reach against the wall, multiple shelves going all the way up to the ceiling and just row upon row of like pretty much pristine games uh, or hard to find games, uh, all sealed well, a lot of them are sealed because I remember when I first went to this place, I asked him, oh, how much like is that game up there? And he goes, oh, no, we don't sell those. Those are just for display. I'm thinking, you fucks. <laughs> They'd be the ones you oh, would be after, too. I so badly want to rob that place, man. <laughs> I would just freaking pillage that those entire shelves up there just to teach them a lesson. What do you think? They shouldn't have them there? If I understand what they're doing. Like, it's like, oh, look how good we are, right? Mm-hmm. We're a bunch of knobs. 
with uh, all these rare games, but you guys can't buy any of them. I don't know how they're staying open. How they cover the lease. You know, if they really wanted to, I don't know. I can understand, like, maybe they're from, and I think there's, like, multiple owners for this place, maybe, like, two or three different owners. So I can understand, like, you know, maybe it's one of their, one of the guy's collection or something, and they put it in there just to fill up the space and make it, you know, seem more reputable or whatnot, but it's still a fucking douche move. And then I started looking at their game systems because um, I don't have a Super NES uh, at my house for some reason. I don't remember why. I never bought one. I think I just used, used my cousins a lot or something like that. But uh, even those prices, those box were pretty shitty. So, you know, I'd have to pull one down off the shelf, open it up, make sure everything works. I don't know. Yeah, well, well, when a place comes off like that, you don't want to give them any business. So, I, yeah. No, not really. That's the trouble with the bricks and mortar, man. They're, you know the prices are going to be way up there just because they have to cover all the stuff. Yeah, but they also they come with a, sometimes like an attitude, like uh, we're better than I know. It's like else. going to a comic store and dealing with the knobs that work there. Yeah, or a guitar store. It's like, we know we're better than you because we work here. No, you're a fucking loser because you work here. <laughs> wow. I get angry, man. I know, you're angry. Well, when you were out and about, you said in the last show, I talked about my uh, target find of uh, that Keurig machine, which we put up on the blog with a little video of a hack for it, and you said you were going to check out your target. Did you get, nope. get around to that? I was going to because the one by me is... Um, they're pretty much in the final stages of shutting down, so I think it's pretty much empty. They got stuff up to 80%, and oh. it's like they've got, uh, they've paid some people to walk on the street with holding the sign saying final days, 80% off. And that didn't draw you in to see if there's nah, anything there? To be honest with you, man, I just, it's been, I'm pretty sure it's been picked clean. Yeah. Probably. It's just a... Thing. I'd walk in, get angry, and walk out. And yeah. Waste 15 minutes of my time. There, there's a bunch of people I really were hoping to find out of the liquidation of these Target stores is because uh, Starbucks was embedded with them, right? Right. So people were hoping to get Starbucks signage and, you know, light up signs and stuff. I don't but think they leave that stuff around, man. No, all that went back to Starbucks in the States. Because I was still, I was, get, I was getting my prescription filled there. Uh, just because before we moved, it was close by to where um, I lived. And I remember when they first announced they were closing down or something, I'd walked in one day, and this was before all the sales were going on or whatever, and the Starbucks had already cleared out. Oh wow! Yeah, like they then they took everything. It was just the empty uh, countertops. Oh, there's no signs, nothing. Hmm. I saw one, like one of their refrigerated displays were on sale. It wasn't branded or anything, but it was still like twelve hundred bucks or something. Oh yeah, really crazy. Uh, hmm. Yeah, so that's it. You're done with that. 
Done with Target? Yep. Yeah, man. I was pretty done with it when it first started. Yeah, it missed the mark a bit. So we also had huge news here in Canada this week that uh, one day Future Shop just decided to lock all their doors. Yeah, that's pretty nice of them. Their employees uh, showed up for work and the doors were papered over with a sign on it saying closed for good. So that was nice. Yep, that's, uh, that's good business management. Thanks a lot, guys. At least Not that I ever went to really Future Shop in the past number of years. I've always been a Best Buy kind of person. I just found the staff there to be less dicky than the Future Shop dummies. Yeah. At least Target, you know, when they announced their closure, it wasn't, you know, something like that where it was so shocking to their workers. It's like there'll be a transition period and, uh, you know, some of us will continue yeah, to work. it's called common courtesy. Yeah, and we'll give you an opportunity to help us transition. And nope, they just closed the door, and that's that. So there were people like uh, customers who were showing up that day to get like uh, car stereos installed and stuff, and <laughs> to see the doors locked. They didn't tell anyone. Yeah, nice man. So uh, that's even though, the same, even though they're owned by Best Buy, yeah, so. it's the same company who owns Best Buy. Sort so. of never really made sense to have the two of them together. Like out by me, there's a Future Shop and Best Buy right across the road from each other. Yeah, in Barrie, we had them side by side. So it was good. You could price match, get the price at one and price match at the other and save 10% off the discount. Uh, and they knew that was part of their strategy, too, was to have people you oh, know, yeah. think that they're getting a deal. No one wins it. except for the company. Don't ever disillusion yourself by thinking that you're going to win. Yeah, so now we're just left with Best Buys for... Which is fine, but I, I'll be honest, man, I can't remember the last time I've gone into a Best Buy. Mind you, I've been trying not to spend money, and aside from ever buying a TV, that's pretty much one of the main reasons why I would go into a Best Buy, right? Yeah, pick up television, uh, new hard drive. Yeah, just there. stuff like that. Memory sticks. Memory cards for the camera. That kind of thing. Even that, actually, the memory cards I've been ordering online just out of convenience. Yeah. But yeah, anything major, I'd, I'd always prefer to go into the store. Speaking of which, what do you think about this uh, new Amazon thing that hit the news on April 1st? Everyone thought it was an April Fool's Day joke. These little buttons that they're going to be giving you to install just stick on your uh, fridge or your washing machine. Yeah, so if you're an Amazon Prime customer... Um, you remember those old uh, commercials um, staples used to have with the big red button where they would just press it and it says, make it easy, right? Yeah, the easy button. Picture a miniaturized version of that um, that I guess, like say, for example, you're in your laundry room and uh, or the laundry, is that one of the things that you would use it yep, for? Tide. Yeah, like you run out of the, you run out of detergent. So you've got this thing, I guess it's like, it's, it's, it's a remote device. So you'd have it like glued to your cupboard or something like that. Oh, I'm out of uh, fleecy or whatever other item. Uh, you press the button on it. It sends a, a signal to Amazon that you're out of this product or you're running low on this product and it ships out immediately to your house. 
Yeah, apparently there's you get one notification on your phone to give you a chance to back out of the transaction. Yeah. And then uh, that's it. The, the, the order's made, and it's... So, pretty sweet. Um, uh, mind you, you got to be an Amazon Prime customer, so I have no idea what that constitutes or if it's anything really expensive or not, but that's like those... Um, Stern was talking about it, where he was... What's it called? Like an Amazon One Play or whatever whatever service he was using to buy stuff online, maybe Amazon or something similar to that, where it'd be like just a one-click service. Right. So instead of dealing with a shopping cart, you would just like hit buy it now on whatever item it is, and then it automatically ships out like that day without you having to do anything else, like dealing with, uh, you know, checking out, double-checking your shopping cart, you know, doing your payment through PayPal or whatever, just... Boom, one click and you get it. So it's sort of like a premium service. I can't see us ever getting it, but it's certainly uh, smart on their part for transitioning this out. And I could see it easily becoming a more readable service to everyday customers, right? Well, yeah, I I can see their grand plan, you know, if they get that button working with the, the whole drone service. You know, oh, I'm running along tide, hit the button... And 15 minutes later, it's at your back door. We were talking about that drone service. I don't know how that's really going to plan out or play out because that would, like, there are literally thousands of parcels delivered every day, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, the drones can only obviously deliver, I think, something within a certain weight percentage, right? Yeah. So we're talking small, small ticket items. But can you imagine all these drones flying around? Um, like that's like the next wave of uh, next plan of attack, I guess. If you're like a robber or something, you suddenly see these drones flying around. One, you could probably snatch snatch the drone up for yourself and somehow resell it after you remove the GPS system from it, or strip it for parts. But uh, even foregoing that you could just boom knock the drone down take whatever it has in its pack in its that it's holding whatever it is whatever parcel and then run off with that yeah it could so be you're, guys. you're gonna start hearing all these things on the news where like oh another drone robbery has <laughs> taken place or there's been a rash of robberies from drones yeah people skeet shooting them yeah or just jokers wanting to yeah but what a crazy landscape the cityscape would turn into, you know, if you with all these drones flying around everywhere. It'd be really wild. Something to something to be. I don't know if it would work it in the city off. though, man, because of all the buildings. That's where are you going to deliver the drone to? The front door. Uh, say you're living in a massive condo. Yeah. Well, no, I mean suburbs, obviously. Yeah. 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 The con- yeah that's not going to work in the in well, downtowns. How stupid UPS already. Mind you. It, they, these would probably be too big for a drone to deliver, but, you know, I'm getting parcels of when I buy, like, a transformer or something just left on my front porch, so why would that be any different from a drone? Yeah. And again, man, like I said, I don't understand it, but if you're, like, a, a robber, I don't know how you you not follow a UPS truck around and just uh, 
or, you know, even the male guys. These jokers that just leave the stuff on the front porch, I don't know how it's not being snatched up. That makes me so furious, man. Definitely. Yeah. I've had too many parcels left on my porch to count, and it's just infuriating. Like, how would you prove that, hey, I never got it, you know, if it was just picked up and robbed? And same with this. You just follow it. Oh, there goes another drone. Let's see where it's landing. Oh, it yeah. dropped the parcel off or whatever package it is. Yoink. Well, that's a, I, hopefully the drone the drone service would be more a backyard thing, you know, behind a gate because it can fly right to the back gate kind of thing. I guess. Would it be remote controlled or is it like pre-computerized flight plan to your front door? Yeah. Yeah. It would all be automatic to your GPS coordinates, whatever GPS coordinates you give it or whatever shows up on the map as your address for GPS coordinates. And they would have to figure it out somehow. I can't see people flying, like uh, piloting. I think we're far, we're, we're far enough away that we don't have to think about this for the time being, man. Yeah, you're right. But it's, the story uh, did come out that the, it is being tested right now and it's being tested in Canada, out, out west in BC. And then can you imagine, how would that even work in the wintertime with sub-zero temperatures, man? Halfway through the flight, the drone, like, just battery would die because it's so cold. Maybe. The wind blows those things around like nothing now, so. Yeah. Well, we don't know how big they are. We don't know how powerful they are. I don't know. Anyways, they are testing them out west. And they're testing them up here because we have more lenient regulation for uh You can travel. easily see some lawsuits happening where some guy purposely uh, gets in the way of a drone blade. Mm-hmm. Gets cut and then does a lawsuit against. Uh, yeah, or they malfunction over the highway, land in your car. Yeah. Anyways, you're right. I think it's a it's a far way off. But uh, it's funny to think about, though, man. Yeah, you know, because people are stupid; they got nothing else to think about. What? Well, what well, you know, everyone's not everyone, but you know, when when you start talking about all these possibilities right away, it's just like. Yeah, maybe, but, uh, you know, they're just talking so they can have a news topic to talk about, right? Well, yes, it's definitely news organizations need Talking out of their ass. Yep. All right, well, we'll move on if this topic bothers you. And no, uh, I'm in a feisty mood, man. Jesus. Fucking angry about everything. You should be really happy because isn't this the weekend that uh, Furious? Furious 7 comes out? I have no idea. It yeah. comes out Easter weekend? Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's probably a good time. People have nothing else to do, right? Well, it's I hate long your weekends, heroes. Man. Uh The Rock. Holy. Uh yeah. He's, yeah, he's my hero, that's right. He's um destined to be wearing an extremely tight under armor shirt. And let's talk uh, about that, how you got this <laughs> furious <laughs> anger as as they would say in Pulp Fiction about uh these guys who wear really tight shirts. Why does that drive you freaking bonkers? It Let's delve into it? the mind of Bill. Shouldn't it? That should drive people crazy. No. Yeah. Why does it drive you nuts? Why um, do you have this hatred of it? Like? <laughs> Why are you wearing a little boy's shirt <laughs> stretched over your enormous pectoral muscles? Because we, we know what you're doing. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Keep going. No, it's all, <laughs> we're delving into your mind now, into your insanity. I think it's everybody's. Everyone's on my side on this. Put a parka on, Rock. We don't need to see those things. We don't need to see those pythons. We know you got them. Do you not agree, though, that if you work hard for something, you should show it off? No, I don't agree with showing anything off, ever. I'm modest. Right? I don't know. Yep. <laughs> so you're saying if you work hard for something, you, you don't have the right to show it off? Um, no, not so in your face. No. Not like making your tears Well, one, he's doing it in the movies because that's part of, I guess, that franchise, but that's also part of Hollywood, right? Hmm. He's there for a specific reason. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So why would you cover that up? I, When he comes on screen that bulked up, it takes me out of the film because no one can be that bulked up. And, oh, I'm also a cop. Oh, you're yeah, you're filling out uh, cop paperwork eight hours a day. And no, he's not a cop. He is uh, in that franchise. They're... Um, He's some kind of special agent. Yeah, like the DAA kind of thing, mm -hmm. that style. So no normal person can be that bulked up and still have a full-time job doing something in real life. So that takes me out immediately when I see friggin' He-Man come bursting through the wall there. Yeah, but you get taken out for a lot of reasons in movies. <laughs> well, listen, I, uh, I actually read a couple of reviews. This movie was... Uh, was pre-released to critics, shockingly enough, and there were some reviews come out. Yeah, but all and they're the... actually not bad reviews. Uh, that's surprising. I was going to say all the well, Fast Six was probably their most successful one out of the franchise. Well, maybe. Oh, well, I don't know because the first one was made for relatively cheap, and it made like hundreds of millions. I forget how much it was. So I'm sure they spent a lot more budget for six, but. I'd, I'd still say six worldwide was probably their most successful movie. I'm sure this will this will. But blow the franchise is made in the billions, so yep. it's automatically one of the most successful movie franchises in history. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, like, who knew, man? Because I'll admit, most of them are absolute feces. <laughs> First one was good because it was innovative. And then they went downhill, and they recovered with number six. And that's all I can really say about it. Not, yeah, number six was crazy outrageous, too, though. It, it was outrageous. But not as crazy as seven with the flying cars well, traveling I, from building to building. <laughs> that's what most critics say. They say, listen, here's the thing you got to get over. A car travels midair between three buildings. But if you can handle that, <laughs> you're going to enjoy you this ride. your belief. For that, then you'll enjoy the movie. Exactly. But I, be, I was reading this article about... Um, but you're also going into it. You, you have to take everything they do with a grain of salt anyway, so you know you're there just strictly for the entertainment value. Well, sure. You're, However, not, you're not there to say, like, this. the physics of this is impossible. Well. I go, yeah, <laughs> duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> um, can I can I tell you about this? Yes, go ahead. Um, apparently, uh, you know, the earlier movies, the mid-movies were CGI like crazy. Of course. Right? 
But this one, they moved away from that. Oh, really? And uh, Aside from the flying car. No, this includes the flying cars, if you can believe it. There's this shot um, <laughs> where 10 cars parachute out of a Lockheed uh, Hercules. Okay. And they did that for real. It's like out of a G.I. Joe cartoon, but this is part of the plot. Uh, two Chargers, two yeah, Subarus, we're... two Challengers, two Jeeps, and two Camaros. <laughs> they all parachuted out of this uh, plane. Yeah. They land, and they continue on in their chase. It's a 22-minute action scene, and they the director promises that it was all in camera. It was no well, CGI. That's cool. uh, so you can imagine Mind that. Mind you, you wouldn't need CGI for that. It's... Not like they never pushed a car out of a plane before. True. All the pens had now. That you can imagine the budget involved just in that sequence. Um, They're saying here that yeah. this uh, a normal action film is given fifty shoot days for the for the uh, action sequences and whatnot, and this movie was given eighty days. I can see, man. I can imagine the the logistics behind planning every single page of action in that film would just be off the wall. Yeah. So that's not to mention the team that was just behind digitally putting Buddy's face on. Oh, yeah, because he died, what, halfway through or three-quarters of the way through he died, right? Yeah, I was reading, like, the budget just to do him was was pretty crazy. I I can't find it here. I'll bet. Uh, so yeah, a lot of money tied up in Kudos this. Kudos to them for actually keeping, because I think I remember reading or seeing somewhere that the director or producer, whoever, uh, they did not want his character to die right. in the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it says here the director would not let O'Connor die. Yeah, so kudos to them for, for pushing through with that. I think it's true, man. It's him and Vin Diesel were are are essentially the franchise of it. Were yeah. I guess. So um, you know, critics aren't aren't uh, panning it immediately. So I, I bet you it's going to do well this weekend. Well, it'll do well for a couple weeks, I'm sure. Probably do better in six, is what I'm going to say. Really. And uh, but obviously that stunt of the car jumping between buildings has got some CGI involved. (laughs) They steal a car from one building, a high rise, drive it through the window, through the air to another building. And as the scene says, that turns out it's brakes don't work. So they got to plow through to the third building. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Obviously I would have done the same. Well, you got to at that point. And been equally uh, successful in doing the process of of tried tried jumping through buildings. Uh, whatever. Are you going to go see it? No. I don't go to movies because I can't stand people around me. I agree. But uh, some I get angry all... and then I get, I get fixated upon some dummy with a cell phone popping out or some stupid teenager that uh, is talking. Yeah, it's the feet everywhere. Feet on chairs, knees in the back. Noise rustling all around you. Yeah, they got to be eating 100% of the hey man, time. Hey, man, that's why I buy a big TV, so I don't have to deal with other people. Yeah, you are uh, 
a pleasure to be around too, I think. I, <laughs> I um, am because I'm the guy you want to go see a movie with. I'm the guy you want to see a concert with because I sit there and focus on what needs to be focused on. I agree with you, man. I'm not fucking jumping around like some jerk off at a concert. I'm sitting there. I'm studying the guitarist. I'm studying the singer, the drummer, what they're doing. You know, when the camera does a close-up on them and what their finger work is on the instruments, I'm watching that. You know, I'm spending 200 plus, 200 plus dollars on a ticket. I'm going to enjoy the actual show and listen to the music. You're not getting out of your chair every five minutes to go hunt down another beer? No, not going to the bathroom. Hmm. Not going to get another beer. I'm not coming in freaking plastered so I don't remember the entire concert. Same thing with the movie. I'm there to focus on everything and not be distracted well, by other people. I know I definitely wanted to see uh, Interstellar with you, but uh, that fell apart somewhere. Well, we'll see how you are at Marin and take it from there. <laughs> oh, I'll pass your test. Don't worry about it. I will be a pleasure. Uh, let's see. <sighs> Daily Show has a new host. Yeah, I don't care. I stopped watching Daily Show after a while. Oh, that's right. I keep trying to go into comedy with you, and it's a, I hit a brick wall. No, I like Colbert. Time. I watched those shows when they when when they first started airing, especially Colbert, pretty religiously, and um, you know. So we're talking like whatever, you know, three four years straight. And then I just get tired of it, man. Yeah, no, I agree. Man, I got tired of Colbert too. But every time I watched it, I'd I like still I, I like Colbert a lot better than Daily Show. Um, yeah, they're both. Uh, they always surprise me with how good they were every time I watched them. You know, even if I went away from them from for a bit, jump back in. No, yeah, the quality was certainly still there. Their research. Just, uh, you get tired of for me. I got I get tired of the politics all the time. Well, all right. Sorry. To It'll be interesting to see how Colbert is in replacement of Letterman. Yeah, I'm not worried. I think he'll be good. He'll be fine. I'm just wondering what the format of the show is going to be. If it's going to continue off with Colbert, or are they going to move to somewhere in between of? Letterman, Letterman's uh, uh, format and, and Colbert's format or more toward Letterman strictly, you know? Well, yeah, his the Colbert character is dead. Um, but you're right. The, the late night landscape is changing drastically. The, uh, the idea of having a panel of guests and a chat is is going away rapidly with uh, Jimmy Fallon and uh, this new guy on CBS, James. The Late Late Show with James Corden. Corden, right. So he's he's right out of the gate trying to change, uh, you know, the format of the late night talk show. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy Fallon has to play a game with every single guest. There, there's no more uh, Johnny Carson riffing with Don Rickles for... 25 minutes, right? Well, that's a shame, but that's just because the audience is stupid and people can't sit through a, a half-hour conversation anymore. Yeah, that's got to be it, eh? They it's got to be, uh, you got to have that, that format of uh, 
talk, talk, joke, talk, talk, joke, talk, talk, joke. Yeah, and pie in the face, yeah. uh, you know, games. Fake, fake laughter. You can't ask real questions because you're on national television. Yeah, we're not to mention half these guests or half the guests don't even want to give that stuff up anyway. You can't have a real conversation. I thought that was that would be changing in the future with so many of these guests that they do appear on podcasts for hour long sit downs and they seem to enjoy it. Well, well, it's the network executives that are uh, stupid enough not to realize what they should be doing. Well, it's probably agents and managers, right? They know no one is hearing them on a podcast, but when they appear on The Tonight Show... Yeah, but that's where they should be stepping in saying, just do this or do what you want. This way, someone's actually going to be talking about this interview as opposed to never mentioning it again after seeing it. And that's why Stern does such great interviews, because he's shown uh, or replayed... Numerous times, how after he's done an interview with a guest, all the news channels have picked it up and are, and are actually talking about it because it is relevant. It is news. It's something different. It's not just the same cookie cutter interview. He's actually having these guests come in and say something, uh, you know, worthwhile. Yeah, I've definitely seen the next day news agencies pick stuff up from a Stern interview. Haven't seen it from the Tonight Show. No. Compare one of his interviews to an interview with like something on uh, Good Morning America or whatever, right? Yeah, even uh, Nerdist podcasts have been picked up by news agencies when they've got stuff out of guests. Yeah. But, uh, well, you'll see stuff from the Tonight Show, but it's just wacky stuff. You know, like... Uh, Oh, he got a pie in the face. Yeah, pie in the face oh, stuff. That's that, awesome. That's what late night, I guess, is uh, going to be. Uh, well, Conan's still banging out there. So, oh, If I was in charge, man, I'd do things so differently. Well, you know that. Anyways, just uh, stick with Conan, I say, right? Joe agrees. Yeah, no. He's agreeing, nodding his head. Cannot stand Conan. <laughs> Um, you got anything else on that? Is that it? No, I'm done with that. Uh, let's see. I got some, uh, we talk about collecting news sometimes. Um, you know, you collect your transformers and whatnot. Yep. Not lately, but I do. I keep up with heritage auctions. They're a big auction house out of Texas. They do everything from, uh, Artwork, uh, illustration, you know, comics, uh, movie posters, coins, numismatics. Uh, and uh, there's always cool stories coming out of them of fines, baseball card fines, stuff like that, movie posters. So you know this painting, this Andy Warhol of the astronaut and the uh, on the moon with the flag? You've seen that before, right? Yeah, on MTV. Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty iconic. Uh, I don't know if you call it a painting. Uh, it, it's an Andy Warhol, and it's actually a picture of Buzz Aldrin when he was on the moon. And uh, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and Warhol put the flag in there, and then he added all that neon, different colors and whatnot. Yep. And uh, there were prints of it and whatnot. 
but this particular one that's going up for auction is the one that belonged to Buzz Aldrin himself. Uh, does that mean it's an original or it's just... Well, it's a print. Okay. It's a screen print in colors. So... I can imagine it must have been one of the first ones then if Aldrin has it, right? Yeah, there wouldn't have been too many of them. This wasn't, this wasn't given um, to Aldrin from Warhol. It just ended up in Aldrin's hands uh, yeah. like 27 years ago. Uh, and our gallery um, gave it to him or you know, got him in touch with this painting. And so he's had it for 27 years, and he's finally putting it up for auction. It's called Moonwalk. And, of course, what makes it so special is the dude who's in the picture owned it. So what what would you think that would go for? What's its estimate? Uh, well, it's not really art because it's a reproduction, right? Print or whatever well, you want to call it. Moonwalk is one of the last series of prints made by Warhol. Oh, and I don't it know. Remains Jeez, a, man. It's one of his most iconic images. I don't know what, 100,000? Well, no, you're a little rich on that. It's at, well, it could go for that, of course. It's estimated between 40 and 60,000. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's kind of a cool item to come up yeah, with. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, Warhol had done that that uh, specific picture. Yeah, you mean that MTV grind? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is well, that the it's, exact it's, same one that it's relatively close to the MTV one. I know the MTV award thing had the, uh, or even on the picture of the TV, had the astronaut. I don't know if there was the flag involved. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Or was it an astronaut in front of a TV? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's relatively, the, I'm sure it was taken from that in some sense. Hmm. So that's cool. I don't know. I found it interesting, this story of... Do you guys uh, have any art at your place up on the walls? Obviously not original stuff. Just but. my own photography. No, that's cool. I can appreciate that. And uh, what else? Yeah, mostly my photography. We did have a, a few classic, like, vintage movie posters um, laminated, but they were all repros, of course. Um from the movie poster warehouse. Do you ever shop there? Like any poster you can think of is there, reprinted. And they all look authentic. We had some of that done. Do they have like the original Star Wars ones? Anything. Like any. the, the concept ones, not the ones that were released, the final releases? Yeah, they got everything. Everything. What's and it called? They do have some original stuff too. Uh, movie poster warehouse, if they still exist. Mm. That was a while ago when I was there. That most of their business is online, but uh, they have a store you can walk through. And so I got the big sleep, you know, with uh, Bogart and uh, Hitchcock movie. Well, that is the see that stuff would be cool. I like to I like to do that, in the, but in a sense, have it uh, like on a rotating basis with multiple pieces. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like, I don't want to have like a million posters up. It's just messy looking, right? But, you know, every, every couple of months, you just take one down and re replace it with a new one and mm -hmm. just start doing, like, a rotation on a, a rotation basis. I've got – I've got uh, – I still haven't put anything up in my office. 
but I've got, uh, you remember that old 1980s white Lamborghini Countach poster that everyone yeah. had? Oh, yeah. I got one, but mine's, uh, mine's the cardboard one mm-hmm. with the frame around it. Yeah. The little plastic frame? Yeah, it's like a plastic silver frame around it, right? Yeah. It's got the, the glass on the front or the plastic on the front. Uh, it's the it. one that everyone had, right? Yeah. You'd win it at the fair or something. Uh, well, we got ours from like a, probably like Sears or something, right? Mm-hmm. Wherever it was back then. But uh, I've had that. That's the original one I've had since I was a kid. So I've been meaning to put that up on my wall. But my wife was like, I don't like it. <laughs> Maybe if you got a different frame for it. I'm going, this is fucking vintage Lamborghini Countach that everyone from the 1980s remembers. Yeah, well, that poster, yeah, that poster, it's yeah, the icon- Fawcett it, poster. Yeah. Those are the it's an iconic poster that everyone remembers. Yeah, every boy. Well, yeah, boy, I guess. Yeah. Of one of the greatest uh, production cars ever made. Limited release. That's why you got to watch that that uh, DiCaprio movie, the Scorsese one, uh, the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I he's, will eventually. He's driving that car, man. And it's a horrible car to drive. Yeah, from all accounts. You got no visibility out of the back. It's super hot in there. The ride is super uncomfortable. Well, if you if but you, you know you watch a show like Top Gear. And the BBC version, not the stupid North American one. And uh, <laughs> that's not what that car was about. It was all about showmanship and, and just raw power. No, you got to, you know, I'm not a big uh, Jay Leno supporter, but his uh, Jay Leno's Garage, if you check out his segment on the the Lambo Countach, because he drove one as a daily driver for years, and oh. he has a whole segment on just that car. And he admits how awful it was to drive, but he loved it too. That was his daily driver. That's that's the thing about the Lambos, man. Mm-hmm. Did they have one? They haven't used one yet for comedians in cars, okay? No, they have not. Not that. And they would never. Uh. You know what? If he was to use one, he probably he'd probably use that version of it. Yeah. Either that one or, or the very first Lambo that was made. But I don't know if any of those are in North America. But um, where was I running with this? Oh, yeah, the other day with the, with the warm weather change, <clears throat> I was driving around, and I told you this already. Uh, so uh, I was driving on one of the main streets, wherever I was going one direction. I drive, I drive by this uh, beautiful white Ferrari, and you could just... You just hear this thing just rumbling down the street, right? Like super sexy is a new model too, relatively new. And then maybe like an hour or two later, I was coming back from the same direction, drive by this black Lamborghini. Just, Mm. and I'm just thinking, yep, you know, spring is here because all the nice cars are coming out. (laughs) Where they shined up to. The Ferrari was, but the Lambo was a matte black, which I hate. There's a lot of hate in you this but, episode. Uh, well, it's just the wrong color for the Lambo, but because <clears throat> it doesn't pop. I'd like to take a look at that. It maybe 
you know. But the Lambo was a new one too. It may, it may have been an Aventador or one of the or one of those ones, a Diablo or not Diablo, but uh, Mercilago. But um, it's one of those things too, man. If I had the money, I've always been a Lambo guy. Just because of that one poster really attracted yeah. me to the car. But sort of like that thing of uh, you really want to meet your idol because you might be disappointed, right? Mm. Yeah. I know I'd be disappointed by the older Lambos. If I bought the Aventador, I'd probably really like it. But the trouble with the new Lambos is there's um, because of all the computers in it, they're a lot easier to drive now. And that was the thing with the Lamborghini. That was part of the excitement with driving it was if you weren't careful and you lost uh, you lost your attention and your focus while driving it, it would just jump from underneath you and more than likely you get into an accident or end up in, off the road. Hmm. But, but that was part of the attraction of those cars. They were they were wild beasts. There's a reason why there's a bull in the front of it, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Never thought of it that way. And then if I saw, but the other day when I saw that Lambo in the Ferrari, I would have chosen the Ferrari because it looked way nicer than that Lamborghini. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But I think they're cheaper than the Lambos too, though. So, I don't know. Well, that's a problem. Well, I that's a problem I'll never have to worry about. Let me tell you, <laughs> what do I buy today? If Lamborghini or a Ferrari? <laughs> oh, I man. wish I had those troubles. Yeah. I'll just drive my Mazda. <laughs> Way more exciting. You must be looking for a new car at this point. Can't afford it. I only got like 225000 on my car. I'll drive it till it dies. It's not, it's not hurting. It's not little things going wrong with it. Little repairs here and there that keep eating away at it. No, aside from my uh, transmission going on me there, which is the first time that's ever happened to me. Um, no, man, just the usual stuff. Other than getting brake jobs done on it, but that's part of regular maintenance, right? I don't know. I'm looking, though, but I'd love to get a new car. I just I don't have the cash for it. But anyway, that's just a, that's a whole another, another story there. Um, you want to touch on any video games? Well, I can tell you I picked up uh, my 3DS for some reason. I don't know why. I just... Uh, I don't know why either. But it's, it's good. It's good times. I have that Zelda. Will you buy yourself a game system, man? Listen, I have the the Zelda. The what? Which one is it? Ocarina of yeah that time. One. Yep. And uh, hadn't played it in a while, and I picked it up and st- st- I was afraid I wouldn't remember where I was at or the controls or how to get back into it. But I was able to zip right back in really qu- I was really shocked by myself video game whiz man I was lost like where because I picked it up in the middle of like a dungeon oh, yeah. I of hate a castle that. so I hate that, like did I do that lever was that lever on do I have to do that again but man I got going and uh, I think I think I'm close to finishing it I think I might actually finish a game here it's been a while 
But I uh, can't tell you the last time I finished a game, and it's that's extremely disappointing to me, man. Uh, I swore to myself that I would uh, never grow up in a way that, you know, I'd just completely give up on cartoons or video games or any of that stuff. Because I've got an uncle that um, he's huge into video games still. Like he's been, but he plays mostly RPGs. Mm. But um, nevertheless, he's he plays them for hours and hours every every single day. Wow, that's his dedication. Well, why aren't we talking to this guy? Um, I don't think he'd want to talk about video games. <laughs> he must if he's devoted that much of his. But time he loves to them, it. and that's that's the kind of stuff that I want to do, man. You know, how does he manage it? How can he do that? What do you mean? Well, when you're unwinding at nighttime, don't watch TV, play a video oh, game. Well, you see, I used to do that, though, but that would wind me up, and then I couldn't sleep. Can't play video games at night anymore. Mm. Um, it winds me up, and I can't sleep. Uh, for me, well, I think for me it depends on what game you're playing, too. <laughs> well, for sure. If you're playing, like, an RPG, and he plays a lot of the old-style games, or he has, like, uh, you know, imports or stuff like that, right? Yeah, I guess that's not so much winding you up. Although it would get your mind going, you know. It's not like you're playing uh, whatever, uh, you know, Rainbow Six or one of those fucking. Yeah. His Bioshock was keeping me up. Yeah, like night. those kind of things where you're, everything is fast-paced, go, 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 right? That's when I, I get, that's when I have the video game dreams. <laughs> yeah, and I'm scared. They scare me. But, um no, I, oh, man, I really, really want to get into gaming again. Well, Jesus, I get so tired at nighttime, man. And the wintertime has passed, and that's the best time to play video games, too, because the weather is so crappy, right? Why not just ease ease in with, with a handheld system? like the? I really hate the handheld games. They're, but they're full-on quality now, and they can emulate all the older consoles. I know. It's just not the same, man. I like the controller. I like having the big TV or at least bigger size screen than yeah. the handheld. You know what I mean? I understand for sure. Now, I'm going to get. I'm gonna buy a – I still haven't bought that 72-pin uh, connector for my 8-bit system to get that up and running. But then I'm looking at the games that I have, and aside from a couple RPGs, I really don't have any interest in playing like, you know – the ones that don't have a memory save on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we mean all the difficult. Which are fun because you can play, you know, you can do a session of Contra or Mario or some similar game and, you know, play around for half an hour and not, you know, just worry about it. Yeah. But the RP RPGs is where I'm, I, I mostly relate to. So, I don't know. I like to get the... Um, really like to find a Super Nintendo. Like I said, the 80s game show is coming up, which I'd like to go to. So at the very least, I'll probably pick up some Transformers there and maybe a couple of games if I can find some complete ones. Plus the, the, the Waterloo game swap will be happening again in the fall. You can hold out till then. Yeah, we'll see. Hmm. We'll have to talk to those guys like uh, Ramvox and... Um, here we go. Buried at Mars and um, 
I thought you were going to go all episode without bringing them up. Nope. I'm <laughs> sucking at the teat, man. And J-Rock. We'll have to talk to those guys. And um, I like to get their opinion on what the show is like. In terms of, is it all just loose stuff? Or are you going to find some complete, complete stuff there? What are the prices like for it? Yeah. Well, uh, I can't help them. It's my OCD. I can't buy a, a loose game cartridge. At the very least, I would need to have the box. Yeah, I, from the videos I saw, I, didn't, I don't know if I seen. Well, that's why I like to ask those guys, like, what's going on with. Well, sorry, uh, Ramvox didn't go through, obviously, but, you know, uh, Buried at Mars and uh, J Rock would at least be able to answer the questions for us. Yeah, and Kevin's put up a video, too, if you want to check that out, of his Waterloo experience. Oh. When and did that go up? Well, it's due to be up right now. I think it's still processing. Okay. I just wanted to fake that it was already up because oh. this gets released oh. much later. It's up. But, <laughs> and J-Rocket does his Go weekly. to uh, YouTube and oh. do a yeah. Google search they for know. Buried at Mars. They know all about it. J-Rock has a weekly vlog. He did a, like a half an hour spiel on... Uh, what he picked up. You can find him on YouTube as well? <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. Spread the news, man. J-Rock, uh, the game rocker. He uh, he got a lot of pickups, a lot of pickups, but I think they're all loose. Yeah, and that's totally fine. If you're, you know, you can get, obviously, like they said, you can get more games when you start buying them just loose like that, Yeah, right? I'd be buying them loose for sure. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it takes me freaking forever to get half of what their stuff was and god knows what the hell that would cost right you love a challenge no it's something and you love the little styrofoam i love styrofoam man oh <laughs> all right bro thanks for uh thanks for working your way through another start to continue podcast with me what do you mean i think i'm done well no but what do you mean me working through it uh joining me on oh. another i don't what do you, what Oh, you made it sound like I, I didn't want to do this. <laughs> I am tired, but I thought this went pretty good. Well. Uh, My pleasure to join you, sir. Why, thank you. Where can people find us at? Listen, before the people hit the skip button, just uh, follow us at STC Pod on Twitter, and we have a blog spot. Please do that for me because I always screw it up. Listen. Okay, more importantly, just follow us on Twitter at STC Pod, and also please check out our podcast on our blog, which is stcpod.blogspot.ca. Um, we have not only our podcast up there, but, you know, any uh, still pictures we do or any posts we put up of anything going on, uh, that's the one spot that you can certainly find it. Yeah, I've got another project coming on about this uh, vintage uh, TV repairman case that I'm turning into a Pelican case. So that, that'll be going on there. And if you're interested as well, you can also follow me on my sister cast. Um, follow me at AC Decepticon on Twitter and check out my blog at um, angrycanadiandecepticon.blogspot.ca. Thanks. Post and post it.